Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Okay, are you ready for the word? Please open your Bibles with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Today we are continuing our series in Knowing God. Psalm 103 is a song written by King David. As you know, King David was described by God himself as a man after his heart. That's an interesting phrase to be, what does it mean to be after someone's heart? What does that look like? I know a man, an elderly man whose uh, wife passed away. Uh, For many years, he lived alone. Uh, This is a true story. Uh, He had a ministry that was international. And when he was in his 80s, a female friend just felt led by the Lord to come alongside him and be a support to him. And family and friends were very surprised when they later learned on Facebook that they were getting married. (laughs) And when family and friends gathered to celebrate, a family friend said to the new bride, thank you for discovering his heart. And I thought that was an interesting expression. I thought that was a very insightful expression. I think it's a picture of what happens in intimacy. We find another person's heart. She was able to find his heart by being with him. It's a beautiful picture of intimacy. Church, we are the bride of Christ. And he invites us to be with him so that we can get to know his heart. And David was a man who did that. David got to know who God is. David experienced God. And then he wrote about it in a song that we call Psalm 103. Psalm 103 is like receiving a box in the mail. At first glance, you might think this box may not have anything of significant value. But as you open the box you find out that inside this box are keys to a brand new car with the registration in your name. Along with the key to the car, there's a key to a beautiful home. And inside this box is a necklace, a string of pearls, real pearls, and tickets for a family vacation. Psalm 103 is like that box where at first glance you may not think there's anything of significant value, but as you explore and as you unpack, you find out that within this psalm is treasure. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word. And God, I thank you that you have not left us alone to figure it out. But Lord, you're here and you've made it very clear, literally in black and white, where we can understand the things that are important, who you are and who we are and how life works and how, can, and how we can experience an abundant life. And so God, I pray that you would just open our understanding. And Lord, I pray that you would reveal the significance of your words that we read today and that you would deposit it, impart it. Lord, allow it to be a foundation and grow and come alive within us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Psalm 103, uh, beginning in verse 1. A psalm of David. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. Wow. As I was meditating and studying this passage, I wrestled with a statement that David made. I wrestled with that part of the verses here, verse 3, where he said, God heals all my diseases. And the troubling word for me was the word all. You know, it's so absolute. It's so all-encompassing. Now, intellectually, I know God is able to heal. But my heart struggled with believing that this promise is for everyone all the time. And so I asked the Lord about it. And he said to me, what's the problem, Mark? Have I not healed all of your diseases? And I said, yes, Lord, you have. I said, but what about so-and-so? And he said, well, between you and I, we both know that they have lifestyle issues. And what the Lord was saying to me was something like this. Yes, I heal. But you can't be irresponsible and smoke cigarettes for 20 years and think you won't get emphysema. Yes, I heal. But you can't eat unhealthy food with lots of sugar for 30 years and then think your heart is going to be 100%. You can't can't neglect exercise and hope that you're going to be in shape. You can't neglect water and sleep and think it's not going to affect you. For every good thing that God offers, there is a response on our part. For example, God offers forgiveness, but we have to receive it. There's a response on our part. You know, it goes back to that age-old debate between God's sovereignty and man's free will. I mean, which one is it? The Bible says both are true. Now, I know that doesn't make sense. God's word reveals that his choices and our choices coexist. But just because we don't understand how that works, it doesn't mean that it's not real. How many of us understand why gravity exists? And even though you may not understand gravity, nevertheless, we know it's real. And so, yes, God heals, and God forgives, and we have to cooperate and participate. It's both and. It's God and us. He chose to make it this way. He chose it to make it this way because he wants a relationship. He wants a love relationship with you and I. You know, it's interesting how these two are mentioned together, forgiveness and healing. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. 
Now, according to Steven Sanderberg, he's the chief of surgery at the center, at the uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And he says this, refusing to forgive makes people sick and it keeps them that way. Whether it's an argument with your spouse or a long-term resentment toward a family member or a friend, unresolved conflict can go deeper than you may realize. It may be affecting your health. But the good news is this. Studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health. It can lower the risk of heart attack. It can improve cholesterol levels. It can improve sleep. Forgiveness can reduce pain. It can reduce blood pressure, levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. And research indicates that this relationship between forgiveness and your health increases as you get older. There is an enormous, an enormous physical burden when we experience hurt and disappointment. When we've been hurt, when we've been disappointed, it takes a toll on our physical health. Anger puts you in a fight or flight mode, which changes heart rate, blood pressure, even your immune response. And those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, diabetes, just to name a few. Forgiveness, however, calms those stress levels, leading to improved health. And with that in mind, forgiveness therapy is now being, is becoming a part of cancer treatment in hospitals. Dr. Michael Berry, he wrote a book entitled The Forgiveness Project. Based on his research, he said, all, he said this, of all cancer patients, 61% have forgiveness issues. 61%. You know, King David was not a doctor. And he did not have access to current-day medical research. But under inspiration, David said, God forgives all my sins, and he heals all my diseases. You know, as I've applied what God has shown me about forgiveness, I'm in better health than I was 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I had heart palpitations. I went to the emergency room twice to get hooked up to the EKG. They looked at the reading. They said, there's nothing wrong with your heart. I used to have back problems. Sometimes I'd be laid out in bed for two days. I couldn't get up. Upper, middle, lower, it was all there. I had knee problems. I had an ulcer. I went to a doctor. By God's sovereignty and my free will to go to the doctor. <laughs> he was a Christian. So he asked me a question. He said, um, have you been under any stress lately? I said, no. He said, you know, if I ask 100 people that question, 95 of them will say no. <laughs> and I laughed just like you. I knew he was calling me out on my denial. And I said, well, you know, now that I think about it, yeah, I just finished a big project, and yes, it was very stressful. You know, I didn't know it at the time, but I was having health problems because of all the anger and the unforgiveness. You know, there was a time in my life when 
I, I couldn't do just a simple thing like this. I mean, I couldn't do that without severe pain. But then I went through a season of beginning to practice forgiveness. And I went through a season of starting to eat healthy and to exercise and to rest. And my body began to heal. And now I have no more ulcers, no more laying in bed for two days, no, no more heart palpitations. The connection between forgiveness and your health is very real. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. You know, when David wrote that song, he was writing from experience. If you recall, David slept with another man's wife. It was actually the wife of one of his co-workers. And then he tried to hide it. And because he couldn't, he decided, he made an arrangement to create a circumstance where it appeared as if his co-worker had an accidental death. And he thought he got away with it. Just a few people, just a handful who knew, and they were loyal to him. He thought it's contained, it's under control. Years went by. God gave David years to repent, and he didn't. So then God sent the prophet Nathan to go and speak to him. Nathan was very wise. He went to the king as if seeking advice, which David would expect, right? And so he said, hey, there's this situation where a man took advantage of his neighbor. He was a rich man. He had a whole herd of sheep. But this other neighbor of his just had one little ewe lamb. And the rich guy took his lamb, and David was upset. Because remember, David used to be a shepherd. He used to protect the sheep from the lions and the bears. And so that just rose up in him. He said, you know what? That guy should be put to death. And Nathan said, David, you're the man. You're the one who took the little ewe lamb. You took Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. And after that confrontation, David repented. And he had godly sorrow. And he wept over his own sin. All of this is a way of saying to you, David did nothing to deserve God's favor. David was guilty. David committed adultery and murder. And here's the point. There was nothing in David's life that made him deserving of God's favor. Now, you might say, well, he did have one moment of glory. Remember when he took out Goliath? You might think that was pretty amazing, wasn't it? Now, think about that for a moment. How did David do that? I just want to illustrate, uh, maybe just through a, a quick example. Who, who's the tallest guy in here? We need somebody to represent Goliath. <laughs> maybe a Bernard's friend. Sir, would you mind just standing for a moment? I won't embarrass you. You don't have to do anything. Just stand there. Okay, so here's a pretty big guy. Now, I need somebody who's about the age of David. Maybe he was 17 or so. And uh, AJ. Oh, oh, here on the end. Hey, would you mind standing up? <laughs> okay. Now, imagine these two facing each other in a dark alley. And this guy is mad. 
Now just imagine for a moment, how is he feeling? Okay, you may be seated. Thank you. How is he feeling? Now just think to yourself, how did David do that? How did he have the courage to get somebody twice the size of this guy? How did he do that? You may recall that God sent the prophet Samuel to David's home to anoint the new king. And so he did. And the scripture says that from that point, from that point onward, the Holy Spirit rushed upon David. David was able to face Goliath with a supernatural courage because of the Holy Spirit was upon him. The point of all of that is simply to say this. Even David's moment of glory really was not his. That was God working through him. Think about that for a moment. That story is usually sanitized. We try to clean it up and make it sound nice. We don't talk about, you know, battles like that being a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. But that's exactly what happened to David. He was able to do that with God's help. So here's my question. What did David have within himself to deserve God's favor? There's nothing. What do you and I have within ourselves to be deserving of God's favor? Nothing. Paul said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This next verse, verse 10 of Psalm 103, says, He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. In this series of knowing God, the first week we talked about knowing God's glory, and then it was knowing God's goodness and God's generosity. This week is knowing God's grace. God's grace. There are three definitions of grace. Grace is, you know, that prayer that you say before a meal. I ask people, you want to say grace? They're really hungry. They're like, yeah, grace. Let's all eat. (laughs) But the other kind of grace is like you see a ballerina performing and they just have graceful, flowing, smooth, beautiful moves. That would be grace. That'd be graceful. But in this context, the definition of grace means undeserved favor. That's the meaning of grace. Now, I want you to think back to a time when someone favored you think back to a friend a relationship where someone really favored you somebody really liked you you know how it goes people like you until you do something they don't like until there's a problem right and so think back to a time when somebody favored you somebody liked you let me ask you a question how long did that last weeks months Years, they may have stopped liking you, but the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. Forever. God's grace 
is for everyone. Jesus said, His Father makes the sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. I want to show you a picture related to sunrise and rain. This is a picture of our solar system. And there we are, the little blue planet, three orbits out. Every day, every year, year after year after year, the earth spins on its, on its axis while orbiting the sun. Now notice we're not the second planet out. We're not the fourth planet out. We're right there in that perfect temperature range where water can freeze and melt and evaporate. Here on Guam, the temperature change is maybe plus or minus 10 degrees. But in many places in the world, that temperature range can be 100 degrees, enough for water to freeze and to melt and to evaporate. And it creates the water cycle on the earth. And God allows that process to go on year after year, century after century, faithfully. And he allows the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And every day the earth is spinning on its axis. The sun rises and the sun sets. And nobody questions that it's going to be sunset tonight or sunrise tomorrow. We know it's constant. God is gracious to everybody. How long will that last? Just look at that picture there. His grace will outlast the universe as we know it. It doesn't, so what does that mean for you and I? It doesn't matter what you've done. And it doesn't matter how many times you've done it. The love of the Lord remains forever. Jesus forgave it all. Past, present, and future. All of it. Remember when the woman was caught in adultery and they brought her to Jesus? I was so impressed the first time I read that story. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And I thought, wow, Jesus is so cool. He's cool with us. You know, he, he let it go. But he said, don't do it again. He said, be changed. Move forward, go on, but be changed. He said, be different now. There's a scripture, it says, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the kindness of God that leads us to change. Now close with this last verse. 2 Timothy 1.9. God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for each person here. God, I thank you that your grace is for each and every one. Lord, I know that 
as we consider this, sometimes it can be a struggle to really believe that for ourselves. Lord, I pray that you would work in our hearts and that you would change our emotional memory. The way we feel about ourselves, the way we think about life, the way we respond to you. God, I ask that you would take your word and that you would use it to transform our minds, transform our hearts, and allow us to be able to receive, to receive your grace. I want to give you a moment just to do some business with God. And as we often do, just ask the Lord, God, what are you saying to me? Just take some time in the privacy of your heart to let him speak to you. And as he does, as he does, take some time to respond. Just take your time. We're going to take a moment here. Father, I thank you for what you're doing here today. God, I thank you for this amazing message of your grace. Lord, I thank you for how you're speaking. And Father, whatever it is that you're doing in each person's heart, Lord, I ask that you would enable them to be able to respond to you in a way that honors you. Lord, you know what those action points are. Father, I ask that you would bring them to pass as we seek to honor you. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to address another segment in our room here today. As you're listening to me talk about a relationship with God, there are some of you here that recognize that you need a relationship with God because you've never actually made a formal choice to invite him to come into your life but you're realizing that that's attractive to you and today you came here because you're actually seeking God and if you've never made a conscious choice to open up your life and invite him to come in I want to give you an opportunity to do that today The way it'll work is I'll pray out loud. You can hitchhike on my words. God will hear you. Okay, let's pray. Father God, I know you've been trying to get my attention for some time. And that's why I'm here. Not so much here in this place or this building, but here with you turning my attention to you. And God, today I'm making a decision 
I'm making a decision to open up to you. I want to open my life to you, and I ask you that you would come into my life, that I would experience you, that I would find you and your heart. And so, God, would you reveal yourself to me? And, Lord, I ask that you would also give me a new start. Lord, show me your way to live. Lord, I've been doing it my way for a long time, and that's had problems. You know what those are. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for those things that I've done that have been hurtful to myself, to others. Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me. And I accept you. I accept you into my life. And I accept your forgiveness. In fact, right now, I just receive your forgiveness for everything I've done. Just take a moment to let his forgiveness come in and bring the healing. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. Holy Spirit, come and do your work within your people. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing. We thank you in Jesus' name.